So we ended last time talking about how Adam had just seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And you know what? Today, well, back a couple weeks ago, I saw it too. And you know what? I think that that movie might even be, at the end of the year, my favorite movie of 2023. Because that movie is the best. And this is the Adam and Steve Show, and I'm Steve. And, and I'm so sorry. I, I, I Someone called me, and now I cannot see my thing at the moment. And that's Adam. And this is the Adam and Steve Show. <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's all, it's all good. <laughs> um, I fucked it. I fucked it. All no, right. I'm actually going to leave this in if we just want to keep rolling because I think it's funny. <laughs> okay, go for it. Let's go. Uh, yeah, we saw The Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. This is one of my most anticipated movies of the year. And uh, I know I'm the hater of the show, especially hating on Disney and hating on Marvel. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is definitively my favorite movie of the year. How'd you feel? Oh, yeah, same here. It's like I said, it's probably going to be my favorite at the end of the year just because. Mm. It literally took you through every emotion you could possibly think of, honestly. It makes you laugh a bunch. It made me cry more than once. A perfect soundtrack. Like, all three movies, I would love to collect all of them just because they're so fantastic. All of the music makes you feel different emotions, too. It's just kind of a perfect movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't understand much of the dislike for this movie, especially, well, I also didn't understand the dislike for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which is currently my favorite of the franchise, but I think this was a very fitting ending, and Rocket being one of my favorite characters, I uh, I thought that they did him justice. Absolutely. Like, sometimes I forget that Bradley Cooper is voicing Rocket, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is the perfect ending for not only his character, but a few of the other ones, too. Like, it James Gunn definitely went full circle and kind of felt like he got to do like what a lot of Marvel people might not get to do all the time and can tell a complete story on his own. And I thought it was perfect ending for a lot of those characters. And honestly, if they continue with the new guardians, the way they set things up, I think that's going to be really fun too. And I can't wait. And if James Gunn's not really at the helm of that, cause he is at Warner brothers. Now I feel like he set up a lot of good things that someone could literally just pick up and run with, with the right person, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with how they left things off. I like a lot of the endings for specific characters that we know just because of outside like actors talking and saying things that like we know that they are done and we know that what they're done, what's done with them here is final. Uh, but yes, we are leaving ourselves open to do other things with the Guardians of the Galaxy. A lot of the CGI characters at the end of the movie uh, noticed that. But um, I think that... If James Gunn approves, I don't think he would like give them the thumbs up unless they hired someone that he trusted and they did something that he believed in. But I'm open to it because Rocket's my favorite character, and I'm um, I'm I'm very I'm very interested in the future. But I'm very happy with what I have. Yeah, they. I can't be more happy with it because, like we were saying in past episodes too, Marvel's not been off to a great start this year. So it's really good to see them hit this one, and especially with James Gunn leaving, for him to have this beautiful send-off with this movie, and the box office is showing it as well. People are loving this movie. People are going back to see it. I've seen it twice in theaters and would love to see it a third time, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those movies that honestly even got better on repeat viewing. So if you haven't gone to see it yet, do yourself a favor, because it's definitely still playing and probably is 
going to be out soon, especially with Little Mermaid coming out and taking over at a lot of different theaters, too. Like, I think my theater is showing it, like, 15 times tomorrow. Yeah. So, if you can still see it, definitely see it on the biggest screen possible, because Guardians versus Mermaid, Guardians is the better visual movie, too. Let's just say that now, but... Mm-hmm. No, it's I'm all so in amazing. on Guardians. I think everyone should see it. I... I was also going to see it a second time, but I was uh, unable to because I thought I was alone in a theater. And then I went in and there was just a big group of like college kids behind me and and they were like out loud talking. And I was like, nope, I'm done. And I left. Uh, But Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I think, is my second favorite of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies because it made me go back and rewatch those first two. I'm still going Volume 2, then Volume 3, and then Volume 1. How about you? I think at this moment, because I just love that movie so much, I think I'm going 3-2-1 because 2 was my favorite going into this. But the more I think about it, and honestly, I might jump back because 2 is like my favorite. It might be my second favorite Marvel movie just because I love Ragnarok a lot. But yeah, the first one is good for what it is. It sets up a lot of stuff. But Guardians 2 is just so perfect, in my opinion, too, with all the different story and Kurt Russell being in there. Just so much great stuff. And yeah, the ending with this one. These two are definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think this is my third favorite soundtrack uh, of the three movies. Well, how do you feel about that? Um, I'd have to go back and listen to the first one because it's been a while and I haven't listened to it in quite some time. But the second one is still my favorite out of the three. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I love uh, what are some of your standout songs here? Because uh, for me, I personally have the acoustic version of Creep. And the dog days are over. Yeah, those are pretty much the two. The acoustic version of Creep, I didn't really know existed until this movie came out. And now I've listened to it probably at least 10 times. Mm-hmm. And it's just so emotional, too, especially in the context with Rocket and everything. Just mm-hmm. so great. It kind of reminded me of Deadpool 2 in a lot of ways, which Deadpool 2 is also a movie that I really enjoyed because you took a song that I love in kind of changed the context of it because they did uh, in Deadpool 2 when his wife is on the other side which by the way there's a scene like that here in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and they do the MTV Unplugged version of Take On Me but that was taking like a fun poppy song and making it like sad and sentimental and this is taking like an angry sad like song to just a like soft sad song like a like a broken like a hardened you know like this was logan but for rocket raccoon you know yeah very much so like i've heard this song one other time on like one of those singing shows when someone made it really dramatic and like just solo singing with like a little bit of music behind them Mm. but the version by radiohead i thought was just really really good and yeah with the context with rocket it just makes it that much more sad Mm-hmm. the no sleep till brooklyn is a great one as well yeah. uh, i think it's funny that that song is in both this movie and the mario movie with chris pratt you just think that they would have like picked a different song like one of the two of them you know yeah and it's definitely should have been universal to pick the different song because their song choice for Mar for mario is one of my biggest gripes with it just terrible soundtrack <laughs> well i i Slight detour. I rewatched the Mario movie. I kind of wanted to go down, but there was multiple moments where I like laughed out loud. And that movie is is a nice little breeze. Throw it on in the background. It's a fun, cute little movie, but nowhere near as good as Guardians Galaxy Volume Three. 
Uh, actually, here's something I want to get your take on. So some people are upset with how the Russo brothers treated the Guardians of the Galaxy characters in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, specifically with Gamora killing her off and, you know, Peter Quill doing some stupid things here and there. How do you feel? Do you feel like that stuff like really holds down the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy, like the story? No, and actually, like, as much as people want to blame the Russos for some of that stuff, I can confirm that James Gunn has said himself, he had a lot to do with the stuff in Infinity War with those characters specifically. Like, yeah. he had to give the approval before anything was said with them. Like, that was one thing that he did with Kevin Feige, I guess, that he made sure with those characters that he got the ultimate okay, since he was the one basically babying them and kind of brought them out of obscurity, so... Mm-hmm. in my opinion no and i thought a lot of that stuff in infinity war kind of even brought stuff to the story of the guardians movies in a way and brought a lot more emotion to it so mm-hmm. no i do not blame them whatsoever do i love the russos and all of their choices all the time no but these mm-hmm. ones no it did not ruin the characters for me whatsoever well i i would say that i am anti-russo brothers but like just outside of marvel everything that they've done with marvel i've loved I love Winter Soldier, 5 out of 5. I love Civil War, 5 out of 5. I love Infinity War, 5 out of 5. And I love Endgame, 5 out of 5. So they're batting a 1,000 for me in the MCU. But um, I think what they did was great. It feels like right from the beginning that we were setting up Gamora and her father, Thanos, and that whole relationship. And I feel like it kind of, like her story climaxed in another movie. So that's why, like, I guess people are saying, oh, in the regular Guardians of the Galaxy movies, like, Gamora is such a background character, and she doesn't really get much time to shine. Well, if you go on Disney+, and you look at the poster for Avengers Infinity War, it's Thanos in the middle, Iron Man on the side, and the other side's Gamora. She's, like, a main player in that movie, you know? Well, yeah, and, like, a lot of the first Guardians movies specifically, with all of these different characters, it's a lot of talking about her relationship with Thanos and everything and all of that. So it's basically starting from there where we built to in those movies. So, I mean, I don't really get the whole gripe with it, but it's beyond me at this point. I like the Russo brothers in a couple other things. Like, I think they did the Extraction movie with Chris Hemsworth on Netflix. The action in those movies, for the story is not great, but the action stuff in those, I really enjoy. And I'm kind of excited mm-hmm. for that second one, but the other stuff they've done, I haven't really paid attention to as much, so they're very hit and miss for me, but I don't dislike them. And they did make Winter Soldier, which is like one of the best action movies, period. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, you mentioned, was your favorite of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Where does it lie in your overall MCU rankings? Is this at the top, like top three, top five? You know, it might break into top five. It's definitely top ten, no doubt about that. Oh, you had the Guardians movies far down, because I I even had like Guardians 2 at like my three spot. Oh yeah, Guardians Guardians 2 is like my number two right now. But I don't, I don't, and I don't think, yeah, the more I keep thinking about it, Guardians 2 might be there, and then like Guardians 3 might be like three or four. Because I don't, the more I keep thinking about it, the more I just love Guardians 2 that much more. Mm -hmm. I have to rewatch them all again. (laughs) I'm still going Guardians 2, then 3, then 1. I just think that the villain in this one is a little bit more fun than the one in the first Guardians movie. Because that's my big gripe, is that Ronan the Accuser is such a, like, um, do you remember the name of the villain from Thor the Dark World? Uh, Yeah, Malekith. 
Yeah, Malekith the Dark Elf. Yeah. Dude, I am such a popular man today. Jeez Louise. <laughs> but um, no, I, I put this in my top five MCU movies. Like, I'm sorry, if I if I want to go venture into the MCU, I would rather hang out in space with the Guardians. And their ride, by the way, in Epcot is fantastic. What perfect timing there. So uh, I, I'm, I'm totally Guardians of the Galaxy pilled. Go see Disney Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in theaters. Five out of five and visit the ride in Disney World. Yes, I'm also five out of five. This movie is great. And speaking of big superhero movies that sometimes go to space, these boys behind you, they've like one of them's also been to space. And that is there's a new Fast and Furious movie all about family that's in theaters right now. And it is Fast X with our boy Jason Momoa. Now, what did you think of this movie, Adam? Mm-hmm. So you can't see it behind me, but I have the Fast X poster right around where Paul Walker's head is. Uh, I am in love with this movie. It is so ridiculous. Like, I think the the moment that, like, this movie, like, kind of encapsulates, like, how you feel about this movie. Like, I recently rewatched Birds of Prey, and I'm like, how you feel about this movie is kind of going to be dictated on how you feel about the egg sandwich scene. Like, if you think that that's fun, then you're probably going to like this. But if you think that that's so stupid... And you're like, why is this even here? Then you you're not gonna like Birds of Prey. I feel that way about the bomb on fire rolling through what is it, Venice and uh, Rome, and it's yeah. gonna hit the Vatican. Yeah. And Dom uses his car like a pinball, and like it like swings oh, around yeah. and hits the bomb away into the water. Like that was the goofiest shit in the world, and I loved every moment of it. How'd you feel? Yeah, if you're a man of science and physics, you're going to fucking hate these movies. But it is so much fun to watch. I had so much fun with this. But more than anything, I didn't know that there could be a more compelling villain in any Fast and Furious movie now than Jason Momoa. Because holy shit, this man's always a hero in like almost everything. But Jason Momoa as this goofy ass villain is like my favorite role that he's ever done. He's just seriously like looks like he's laughing the whole time being the most ridiculous character in the whole world. That's just like a rich kid who just wants to get revenge for his dad. That's really all of his motivation, but it's actually really good motivation at the same time. It just shows just the crazy antics that he puts this team through is just amazing. Mm, I'm not crazy about his Aquaman. I've never seen Game of Thrones or Conan, and I can't really think of anything else that he's in at the moment. But I think that Momoa should be nominated. Like that was I'm I'm kidding, but like no, he was so no. much fun. Like every every Fast and Furious villain is just the same. Like I'm this tough, evil, rich bad guy, and I'm tough, and I'm gonna beat you up, and you know, fuck you. And this one's like oh, yeah. he's one of the girls. Like he's invited out for girls' night. He's got his hair up. He's painting nails. He's giggling, and he's having a great time. He's the Joker. And he, like in a way, he almost kind of reminded me of Pedro Pascal in Wonder Woman. Like mm-hmm. he's just basically laughing. He knows exactly what he's in, and he's also laughing along with us. He's doing the most ridiculous stuff, and but he's having the most fun doing it. And it just felt like he was just a cartoon character in a way, like an evil genius cartoon character that's like pulling the levers in the train tracks. This is trying to throw this team out of nowhere, and honestly one of the more successful villains in the Fast and Furious franchise, too. Like, he mm-hmm. legitimately has taken names. Mm-hmm. He takes out one of my favorite people in the entire world. No spoilers here, but there's one scene that almost made me cry. 
I'll say this without spoiling anything. I I think everyone's gonna be okay. I feel like there's there's the no one is you know what I mean. Yeah, but at the same time, like I was, I knew when the ending was coming, but at the same time, when it happened, I was mm-hmm. like almost applauding because the way oh, this movie so ended, happy. I was just like, yes, I was like perfect. I was like, I'm sold. I'll be here. Mm-hmm. My buddy not... leaned over to me after the movie and was like, Infinity War. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what that was right there. There should have been a car that's been like, Dom will return. And, <laughs> and I would have fucking died. <laughs> like, because they don't own a trademark on that, you know, just just poke at him a little bit, you know, because Vin Diesel, I love, I'm obsessed with his devotion to this franchise and how much he believes. Like, he compared it to Lord of the Rings. He thinks he deserves an Oscar. Like, it... I'm I'm all for that manifest destiny that he's got. Have you got, ever seen you know? Drew Gooden's video on Vin Diesel? Yes, yes, I need to so, rewatch that. It is so funny. I showed it to my brother the other day, but I was like, it just shows that this man just loves what he does so much in himself more than anything in this entire world. He <laughs> thinks that he's like the like a god among men, and it's the and funniest thing. Like I mean, he's great. I mean, he looks old in this. You can see in his eyes. You know, he's they're like black eyes. He's old. Well, and it's funny because I could have used that transition too. Because I always forget this man is in like two of the biggest movies right now. He is Gru and he's also Dom, and it's just insane to me that he is literally like the top man at the box office. But everyone forgets about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that they're slight. I mean, they're kind of the same demographics that they're looking for. You you'd hope that they'd move it around, but. Marvel always does the first weekend in May, and then the Fast and Furious always does the weekend before Memorial Day weekend. Like, like you got you they gave two weeks of like, all right, here you go. I mean, even Chris Pratt was in Mario, and then a, a month later he's in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Yeah, I think all these studios are definitely just trying to piggyback off of these names, and they're like, all right, if they release this movie, then we can release our movie right here, and then we can still build off the star power there maybe and get a little bit of those fans that's probably what a lot of these studios are thinking because they're not it's only like four different studios at this point so they know when each other's going to release shit Mm -hmm. and i just think that the common factor in both of these equations is guardians of the galaxy volume three because people see how great guardians of the galaxy is and they're like hey we want to replicate that here let's take this person from this and this person from this and Let's try to, well, I mean, obviously Fast and Furious didn't go, you know what, Vin Diesel's pretty cool as Groot. We should get him for the family. But yeah, no, All speaking of the family, I mean, all the teases uh, and fun things that we saw in this were, were fantastic. Uh, I thought they were goofy as all hell. And like I said, I'm not taking this story seriously at all, okay? No. Han came back, everyone's going to come back, you know what I mean? No one is fully dead other than Paul Walker. That which, by the way, but his character's not dead. <laughs> but his character's not dead. It's so fucking weird. Every movie just has a scene where they just go in the you know Vin Diesel's in the garage and he's just like, "It's been a long day." Well, and they're always just like Brian's taking care of the kids, and it's like, yeah, but <laughs> that's not really a great excuse. The man was an FBI agent and shit. Like, he should be here helping people if he's still alive. <laughs> Well, if you watch that out of context, then I understand why yeah. you would be like bothered by that. But in context, knowing oh yeah, Paul Walker passed away in the way that he did when he did, and so I'm like, cool peace. Like, it's just funny to me because they respect. also like name name the kid Brian and everything, and it's like this is so strange that they're just. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
like but whatever it's just it's such a goofy series and yeah like you were saying there's no character that's ever gone there's no like ending to any real story here like they can also just go back and just get footage from an old movie and revamp it into a new movie and i kind of like that they do that because it just means that they can just go back and keep rewriting things and just being as goofy as they want to be and with this series it's okay because if you're really going into this tracking down the lore and being like we need to this needs to make sense here and blah 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 and making little yarn (laughs) shit like if you're really taking it that seriously then you're in the wrong franchise well this movie kind of confirms that the best and most iconic fast and furious movie is fast five you know what i mean we didn't go back to the dvd players in the first movie we didn't go back to in the seventh movie when they're all together as well like we're going back to the movie that reinvigorated the franchise and i rewatched fast five recently this week i was sick i watched a million movies and fast five is just like such comfort food for me you know what i mean like i i don't know is this your favorite fast and furious movie fast x or is it fast five or something else um right now actually in my rankings that i just did it was Furious 7, but it's more because of the, the emotional aspect of that, and James Wan is my man. But mm-hmm. Furious 5, or Fast and Furious 5, whatever it's called, Fast 5, that is by far the best movie in the franchise, in my opinion, when it comes to the overall action and just the overall like encompassing of Fast and Furious. Like There's the goofy stuff, there's the really cool action stuff, and there's like practical racing and everything, and like explosions, and it looks incredible. Mm-hmm. No, my favorite movie is still the first one. I just think it's real cute how they're stealing DVD players and stuff. But also that's the one where the performances are the best. And I feel like they were actually like trying to make like a real movie because they stopped trying to make real movies at like the second one. And... I honestly think in my ranking, I put that at like four or five, honestly. The first just, movie? Yeah. Wow. I know it's shocking to a lot of people, but I it's just I saw it way later than a lot of the earlier ones. Like I think I saw at least too fast and tokyo drift before ever seeing that one and i yeah, honestly those are the last ones i've saw i have more fun watching those ones i think just because there's such emotional attachments to them same with seven mm-hmm. but i don't know i i like five i like the first one for what it is but a lot of it is extremely dated especially with some of probably the... my least favorite that's funny to me but i know <laughs> we're just I know but we're I'm a little bit older too, so that's probably a little bit mm-hmm. why too. And I grew up with older brothers who made me watch all that stuff at a very young age on repeat. <laughs> well, I started with Fast Five. Like that was the first one that I remember seeing. Oh, and then yeah. Fast and Furious Six was the first one I did in theaters. And then from then on, I was dedicated, you know. Oh yeah, I grew up with Fast and Furious always <laughs> in my life practically. Mm-hmm. No, they're fantastic. I love this franchise so much. I think because I give this uh, Fast X five out of five, uh, because five out of five, five plus five is ten. Fast X, baby, we did it. Oh, I yeah. love this movie so much. It's not as good as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and it's definitely not as emotional. But like, this movie has the most self awareness of all of the Fast and Furious movies, and for that, I think it it succeeds immensely. Because I'm just uh, I'm just there enjoying the ride. It really is a theme park ride. Like, watch this in 4DX. It's the goofiest, silliest shit. And, oh, it it's about faith. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, yeah. They say it so many fucking times. <laughs> it is a fun movie, though. Like, if you just want to go to a movie and just literally just not have to think and just watch crazy stuff happen that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but everyone's laughing, everyone's making jokes, and just 
just having a silly old time, go see this movie, especially in like IMAX and stuff where you can see all the big explosions. You're mm-hmm. just going to have tons of fun. Like for actually for Furious 7, I kind of wish I would have done it for Fast X and I still might. Have you ever been in one of those like D box seats is what they're called? Yep. And they literally like shake you around and everything. Mm-hmm. so we did that for furious seven and we had my mom there with us too we turned her intensity all the way up and like after the movie she's like why was that so crazy and we we're like look it down <laughs> dude even when he's drinking a corona in the garage it's like oh yeah it's like it like rumbles like whenever they're like idling the car it's like it's like bouncing you i saw it for batman too with robert pattinson and although it is fun sitting in those seats for three hours not as fun <laughs> I will say the Batman is better than all the Fast and Furious movies. That's fair. True. But um, no, Fast X is probably my second favorite right now. I, I really think that it's just like a total symphony of ridiculousness. Like, you know what you're getting yourself into at this point. Like, it's just a big, dumb action bonanza. If you're going to sit there and complain about like, like, oh, wouldn't the Nas like explode in the fire? Like, they, shut up, you know? They sent a DeLorean to space in Fast 9. Mm-hmm. If you are still trying to make sense out of these movies, please just see yourself out. These are mm-hmm. for people that just want to laugh and have fun and enjoy fast cars doing dumb things. Mm-hmm. And it's tons, it's literally like a superhero movie, but the superheroes are cars. And Vin Diesel exactly. like literally like having like magnetized gloves and like throwing other cars. Did he do that in like eight or nine? <laughs> yeah, he did it one. And then uh, he it, this his forearm memory like picked up the car. Oh yeah, and the, in uh, Hobbs and Shaw, like the Rock like grabbed the chain up with the helicopter and like pulled the helicopter down. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I was like deep diving into Hobbs and Shaw last night. I think that's just like the most brilliant like formula action movie. I need to rewatch like, it. Last five years, like it's it's so funny how like in you know calculated that movie is, and the trailer gives away literally everything. Uh, I do like Hobbs and Shaw though. I'm a big fan. Big but, fan too. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just a crazy fan about these movies. I can't wait for the next two installments to come out because this story, I was I was totally writing this movie off because I was like, oh, I side with the director and the director left because of creative differences. And Justin Lin, he's a very good director. And Luis Letiere, he did the fucking Now You See Me, Incredible Hulk. Like, that's not, not as good as, you know, the other Fast and Furious movies. So I was very skeptical and it blew me away. This franchise is director proof. Yeah, for real, like, I was surprised at how much fun this was, just like you were saying. Especially when Ben Diesel like, said that this was going to be the beginning of a trilogy. I was like, there's no fucking way. He's trolling. But then once I saw it, I was like, you know what, Ben? I'm down. I was not sold before this movie, but I will watch more of these. And I am so in. Mm-hmm. This is currently, I think it's my second favorite movie of the year, behind, behind Guardians and just ahead of uh, Blackberry and Cocaine Bear. I haven't seen Blackberry yet, but it's definitely, this one's probably in my top five right now i think i like megan a little bit more still and Bo is afraid but this one's definitely up there a small detour but blackberry uh, do you know what it's about isn't like the creation of like the company of blackberry and stuff because i know glenn howerton's in it yeah do you watch always sunny in philadelphia from the beginning yeah he's kind of just playing like an asexual unhinged dennis reynolds uh the whole time he's just screaming and he's he's fantastic and Jay Bruce is also great in it it is a Matt Johnson movie I don't I, you know I'm not crazy about his other work 
But here, working with like real actors and putting on some of my favorite performances of the year, it's a must see. It's probably not out in theaters for much longer, but like when it goes to streaming or anything like that, I would seek it out yeah, right away. You know, I think it might still be playing in my theater, but probably not much longer, especially with Little Mermaid coming out. It's going to push everything. Well, I'm a big Sunny fan, and it's just very interesting to see Blackberry soar to such heights in my head. And for the Charlie Day movie, Fool's Paradise, that I watched this morning uh, to just complete, like, that's one of my least favorite movies of the year. Like, I, it's better than Peter Pan. You know what I mean? Better than uh, Wendy and Peter or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Wendy and Peter Pan. And then uh, the, the Fear movie, that one, the COVID uh, horror movie, that was really I, awful. I hated that movie. <laughs> That was terrible. I was, I'm actually surprised you saw it. I, I didn't think anyone else saw that yeah. movie. Well, it was on Hulu, and it was fucking written by uh, Kevin Williamson, wasn't it? Oh, the guy from Scream. Yeah, he wrote it, and I was like, Kevin Williamson's writing a horror movie? I'm down. And I was just like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is this? This is mm-hmm. so. It was not only boring, but it was just overly preachy, and just it just got old very quick, the whole gimmick of it. Like, yeah, we get it. Mm-hmm. I don't I'm never gonna watch this again especially when the pandemic's over like I don't want to go back and watch stuff about this time because I fucking hated it mm-hmm. before I forget did you give your rating for fast x yet uh four out of five four out of five five I'm a five out of five uh I am the biggest fast head in the world um family corona me familia uh the barbecue so we're back and we're under the sea because we're talking about the little mermaid and you know what it's fine in my opinion it's nothing all that special and from what i can remember we'll start off by saying this i haven't seen the original movie in probably 20 plus years don't really remember a whole lot about it other than the iconic songs but this felt practically the exact same i think that we feel exactly the same about it but i'm much more negative about it i (laughs) i think it's also fine but i hate it and I, I'm just mad at it that it didn't have the decency to be like total garbage. Like it had to be like Beauty and the Beast bad where it's like, yeah, it's just bad. But like, at least it's a movie about humans. You know what I mean? Like it has the animal problem that Lion King has, but it's not like as focused on them. It's much more about like this mermaid girl and Halle Bailey does a fantastic job. I don't know. How'd you feel about it? Um, For one thing I can say, I loved the music. I thought it was all really good. I thought everyone was singing very well. I liked Lynn manuel Miranda's little revamping of certain songs and David Diggs I thought was fun and Sebastian for the most part. Mm-hmm. Aquafina as the, was it Scuttle is the bird? Yeah, she sings the Scuttlebutt song. Yeah, I enjoyed her for the most part, I guess, but nothing all that special there either. Like The movie's just fine in my opinion. There's nothing great and it's just, I don't know. My my theater is cracking up at all the little David Dig, Diggs jokes as uh, Sebastian the Crab. I didn't think anything was funny in the movie whatsoever. I think Aquafina is terrible. That Scuttlebutt song is my favorite song because it's like terrible and it like makes me feel things. Like I do like in Under the Sea how she sings a little like harmony. I don't know anything about music, but she goes Under the Sea. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like that's not in the animated original one. Funny that you brought up the animated original one, uh, because I was able actually to see this movie in theaters back in like 2019. They re-released it for a spell. And I I adore this movie. You know, if I was a girl 
I was going to be named Ariel. Ah, because the A's. Yeah, with the A's and my sister really loved The Little Mermaid. Like, that's this is a huge movie to our family. And I'm just, like, such a sucker for Part of Your World. Like, I think it's the best Disney I Want song, clearly. I think it might be my favorite Disney song in general. So this one was really close to home, kind of the same way The Lion King was. But I think this succeeds in a lot of ways. I, I think there's too much excess. Like, we, why is this 45 minutes longer than the animated one? Like, I don't feel like, where would where that time go, you know? Yeah, that is the major thing with this one, is that it does not need to be two hours over two hours long. At the beginning, especially, like, I woke up, I saw this this afternoon, so it's very fresh on the brain. I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning, and by 4 p.m., like, an hour into this movie, because I saw it at 3, I was, like, falling asleep almost. And I blame a bit on the movie being a bit boring, because when the music isn't going especially at the beginning when they're setting up like Prince Eric and stuff. I don't think that a lot of younger kids are going to love this movie. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, because there are parts that are just straight up, not that entertaining and kind of, if you're not like, there's not a bunch of flashy shit going on. There's not the kind of animated characters talking. It's just people walking around, just kind of falling in love. It's like a love story, but Little kids, I don't think, especially with it not being animated, there were children, there weren't a whole bunch because it was three o'clock on a Thursday, but there were some kids in my theater and by that two hour mark, especially, they were up and yelling at each other and stuff like they were just over it. And I could understand because it was a bit much. Yeah, it's kind of dark and weird. And like, I don't know, obviously, we've established how like the, the creatures look terrible, but like, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I actually went to the bathroom during the movie. I never go to the bathroom during movies, but it was right around after she sings the song in her head about being in the main real world. And like that was super confusing because, you know, she can't talk, but they were trying to add another song in there. And I just felt like it was kind of awkward. So I wasn't crazy about that. But I do like Lin-Manuel Miranda, and I don't know. I, there's it, This movie wasn't offensive. How about that? Yeah, that's kind of what I was talking about in my review, too. Like, it's not bad, but I wouldn't recommend people go see it in theaters, really, because it's not, there's a lot of other cool shit out there that's worth your dollar. Like, there's nothing really impressive visually there to go see in IMAX, which I did. I feel like that was kind of a waste. But mm-hmm. it was just like, I don't know, they're like... Javier Bardem kind of felt like a wasted casting in there because he didn't really feel like he was adding that much to it. He kind of felt like Javier Bardem putting on a little costume for a couple days. I don't know. I just, nothing really jumps out to me as like this movie needed to be a thing. Although it's not bad. It's just not, it doesn't feel the specialness that any of these remakes really get to. (laughs) Did you see Lyle Al? crocodile not yet no i recommend it and i don't really think it's that good Uh, i was actually like the most negative person walking out of it but there's one song that i'm really like javier bardem's in that that's why i was just i just remembered i was like i forgot he's another kid's movie (laughs) oh and he tries so hard like here he's just like doing the typical thing like i think i think he fit he's not my dream cast but like he was a very safe easy choice and he did a serviceable job which I will also say about Melissa McCarthy, which is, by the way, the nicest thing I've ever said about her in my life. But, like, also, that's such a low bar, you know? You know, I'm a big fan of Melissa McCarthy, and she made me laugh a lot. 
in this movie mm. is she like perfect no but i thought she was by far the only like one of the only characters really making me laugh throughout this and i felt like she by far more than anyone was just like kind of in the same vein as jason momoa just having fun and just leaning into the goofiness and while it felt like everyone else was trying to take everything much more serious and trying to make like a love story she was just like i'm here to cause havoc and just be silly Oh, yeah, like Halle Bailey was taking this really seriously. So was Prince Eric, too. Yeah. Which, by the way, don't need Prince Eric to have a song. You can go ahead and cut that right out. Yeah, that was that was definitely the worst song throughout the whole movie by a mile. Mm-hmm. And that guy, like, for what it's worth, he tried to do things, but I don't see him as a leading man at all. Like, I'm pretty sure this is the first thing I've ever seen him in. And... Yeah, I don't see him really being in anything else anytime soon. Yeah, he was nothing to me. Uh, Kind of a lot like the guy who played Aladdin in 2019's Aladdin movie. But I I will acknowledge something about this movie. I know I'm talking a lot of smack about The Little Mermaid, but I acknowledge that I am not the target demographic. You know what I mean? Like, my mom is going to eat this movie up. She's going to adore it and have a great time. She might cry, dude. My sister will love this movie if she ever happens to happen upon it. You know, yeah. like little girls will love this movie. You know what I mean? And and that's great. I don't want to take that away from anybody. I do think this is a three out of five because I think it's serviceable. It really does not succeed or achieve anything artistically for me at all whatsoever. Like I hate it. From an artistic level, I, I hate this movie so much. But, like, it's serviceable, it's fine, it's inoffensive, it does the job, it's going to make a billion dollars, and it's it's a three out of five for me, whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for those, for that audience, I, they're going to eat it up and they're going to like it, but I feel like just that runtime, I feel like, might be a downfall for some kids. Like, there are going to be parents that are like, I'm either not going to take my kid to go see a movie that's 138 minutes long or whatever, or I'm going to take my kid to go see this. And about 120 minutes in, we're going to have to leave the theater because my kid's being (laughs) a -hmm. demon because he's been sitting in a theater for two hours already. Like if they Mm would have made this 90 minutes and kind of just cut out some of the more boring parts of it and Prince Eric's song, definitely, Mm -hmm. this would be probably even bigger than it's going to be. But it's going to be interesting to see because that's also going to play a big factor too is that some theaters aren't going to be able to run it as many times because it's two hours and 15 minutes Mm -hmm. no no yeah i completely agree if they cut out the extra 45 minutes cut out the extra songs cut out the new special effects just have everything like 2d hand drawn and actually (laughs) let's just let's just re-release the original movie again like that 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 movie is fine it's perfect the way that it is it's a five out of five one of the greatest animated movies of all time one of my Mulan. favorite musicals of all time. Uh, I, mean, I mean, well, yes, that too. <laughs> but The Little Mermaid is perfect the way that it is and doesn't need to be touched. And I, I just really don't like this movie existing, but that's fine. Yeah, I don't. I never grew up with this one because like my mom actually told me that I guess one of my friends like took our VHS tape because he loved the movie so much. And my brothers and I just didn't really care about it that much. So that's why I only saw it like twice in my whole life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah uh it's at least it's over like the big four horsemen the mount rushmore of the disney renaissance is done i know they're gonna make a prequel to the lion king 
But like Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, those are my personal four favorite Disney movies of all time. So knowing that those are over and done with. Well, I, I wish, mean, I wish this movie would have done something more kind of like how Cruella did for the 101 Dalmatian stuff. Like they tried something new while still playing into that story and still kind of being in the same realm as a remake type thing. Like I wish Disney would try to go more that route rather than just literally regurgitating the same movie over again, but worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's upsetting for them to just you know shot for shot uh, remake these movies, and and it's just, it's just they're just destined to be looked upon negatively. But Disney's brilliant. This is a brilliant plan because you know what? If you hate this movie, you know like who agrees with you if you if yeah. you hate this movie. <laughs> There's people who hate this movie for really dumb and hateful reasons. Ben Shapiro. So like, you you want to be on Ben Shapiro's side? You want to be on Matt Walsh's side? No. Yeah, I'm not really interested in that. Which, like, you know, good for Halle Bailey. She was great. I mean, I don't want to say great. She was really good in it, which is, like, such, no, such like, a shining compliment compared to everything else in this movie. Yeah, I will... The wholehearted music, like, Lin-Manuel, he did some cool stuff by redoing some of the music and... I don't love all of it, but he's the one that really actually tried to do something new, in my opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the Rotten Tomato score is subject to change. Maybe right now we are recording this on Thursday evening. I think it's probably pretty set where it is. How many reviews um, are there so far? Let's see. For the Let critics. See. So there are about 186 reviews. I don't think it'll change much from there then. Uh, for seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes, a ninety-four from audiences, but those it's, are it's... those are both very high in my opinion. Well, I mean, it makes me feel justified because my friends make fun of me that they're like, "Oh, Adam, you say you hate the movie, but you gave it a positive score," and like, well, I'm like, because I hate it, but it's good. You know what I mean? Like, people are gonna like it. People like people. My friends were all giggling. The entire yeah. little movie, all the little stupid jokes. So don't tell me, like, I'd rather you go watch Super Mario Brothers in the theater for a second time than go watch this movie. Just go spend 45 more minutes and go watch Bo is Afraid. It'll be way better. Dude, yeah, well, that's a very different experience. <laughs> Take the kids to Mario, drop them off at Mario, and then you can go watch. Uh, I mean, if you want your kid to really, to really change as a person, go take him to see Bo is Afraid. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, it will. But 70%. I don't know what this movie is going to do at the box office this weekend, but I imagine it's going to make a hundred million dollars domestically, meaning I would have 70 points uh, for this entry. Uh, Please do not play the trailer out loud. And then you, for the other two movies we had today, you had your number one overall pick Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 hit it with an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is so funny to me. Criminal too. Yeah, I think it's so obnoxiously low. Like, you really want to tell me that Doctor Strange is a whole 10 percentage points, like, higher than this movie? The original Doctor Strange? Oh, yeah, it's like a 92, 93, 94, something like that. Yeah, I love Scott Derrickson, but no. Exactly. So, but 82 points, pretty good. Oh, yeah, how does it feel to know that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is only 12 percentage points higher than uh, The Little Mermaid? Yeah, it's, it's criminal. It really is. That's That's so wrong. Oh, you want to talk about Criminal? Little Mermaid is a whole 15 percentage points ahead of Fast X, which is clocking in at 55 miles per hour. 
percentage rotten at uh, the Rotten Tomatoes, which I'm so upset about because I gave it such a high rating. Yeah, the critics here are basing it too critically. <laughs> Honestly, mm-hmm. you need you have to grade the Fast X on a fucking grade, like on a scale, on a fucking mm-hmm. ramp, going way the mm-hmm. fuck out of there. Yeah, I just think that there's a group of people out there, a club of of thought on the Fast Furious franchise that they've jumped the shark and they're ridiculous and that they should stop and unfortunately you know unless it's a perfect movie even if it's a perfect movie let's say a quarter of people in the world are done with the fast and furious franchise because they jumped the shark that means if all 75 percent like all 100 percent of the people who like fast and furious liked it still only be 75 percent. so for it to be up to like 55 percent around tomatoes you know i'll take it you know i think it's more interesting when a movie is hovering around the 50 60 uh 40 40s you know range you know yeah so i like it when people have different opinions too mm-hmm. no i i agree i i think it's uh interesting i don't know like i said people will really enjoy the little mermaid people really enjoy fast x and people really enjoy guardians 3 none of these are surprising anybody if you knew you were gonna like it you, you're gonna like it like even if it's well reviewed you're not gonna like the little mermaid if you are against these live action remakes yeah, and honestly, if you're mad that these movies keep being made and you hate it happening, don't go see it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I have to. Uh, it's my job. But, but, you're, but you're not supporting the box office. I am, but I am literally doing free marketing. That's why earlier when I was talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like like a commercial. Like, go spend your money on Disney. Like. Uh, I don't know. I just I just think Guardians deserves it. Like if you make something that's um, emotionally resonates with me, that's, you know, creative and original and and, you know, uh, like resonate, like it's something I can relate to, then I'm going to champion it. But if you oh, yeah. just take the cheap way out and you just retread something that didn't need to be touched. Like I recently re- went back and watched the original Tron. Speaking of new Disney rides, uh, have you ever seen Tron from the 80s? Nope. It's one of the ugliest looking movies in my life, but uh, would you believe if I told you that movie's like a lot about religion? I honestly had no idea. Yeah, it's not really on topic, but basically that movie looks really ugly and the new one uh, directed by Top Gun Mavericks, Joseph Kaczynski, is a visual feast. They based a whole ride off of that movie just because of the way that it looks. No one, you don't know any character's name from the Tron movies besides Tron. No, I haven't seen either of them. Isn't Jeff Bridges in one of them? Yeah, he's in both of them. Oh. Yeah, a big problem with the second one is they do a CGI younger version of Jeff uh, Bridges back in mm. 2010. Yeah, it's definitely not good CGI. But... <laughs> yeah, but the movie is gorgeous. It's it's a gorgeous uh, production design. I'll say that. That's what uh, I've heard. Yeah. Is it like in the same kind of vein as like a, uh, what am I trying to think of? Damn it, damn it, damn it. The Speed Racer. Speed Racer doesn't look as good. I love Speed Racer. I think that's I, a five out of five great it's my movie. my favorite. But I will say that like visually, like which one is going to be like the background of my computer? It would be the new Tron movie. I need to rewatch that now, actually, now that I'm gassing it up. Is it on Disney uh, Plus? Yes, it is. Subscribe to Disney Plus. Then I'll be watching w- that soon. Well, I do. Actually, I think it's really interesting part of film history, the first uh, Tron movie. I really think a lot of the ideas that are played with are, are very fun. 
it's way ahead of its time too. You got to acknowledge that. And the second one, like I said, is a visual feast. And Olivia Wilde is uh, not too shabby, if I don't say so myself. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I need to watch those. I've always known about them. They're always in like the pop culture zeitgeist, but I've always avoided them somehow. But I have Jeff Bridges tattooed on my damn leg, so I should probably see it. Yeah, he's a lot more fun in the original than he is in the sequel. Uh, but he's also doing some fun things in the sequel as well. I don't know, but that's a whole sidetrack. Like that deserved to be remade. The original Tron movie, because it was way ahead of its time. They didn't have the special effects to make it look the way that it could look at peak value. And like not, so few of these live action remakes are doing a better and improved version of the animated. Like, yes, yes. By making Peter Pan and Wendy, you're able to make a Peter Pan story that doesn't have offensive depictions of Native Americans. That's true. So from a moral standpoint, there you go. Yes, they made the right decision and didn't include something that was offensive. But back then, uh, the, I don't know. I just uh, think that it's very uh, unoriginal and cheap to just uh, rehash these old movies, you know? I have to agree. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so forget about Disney <laughs> then, right? Yeah. We don't even care about Disney. Uh, we want to talk about how sick I am this week. <laughs> I watched some movies uh, thanks to the greatest and most epic collection on voodoo of all time, the, the Barton family voodoo. Uh, we did it. It's touching a thousand, isn't it? If it's not, it's got to be damn close. Well, especially with the different, because I have like six movie packages. So yeah, it's definitely cracked a thousand, I think. Mm-hmm. So day by day, I was trying to keep you updated with what I was up to, but I did themed days. So I started with, musical biopics with the word walk in it i had walk the line and walk hard the dewey cox story uh then i did later that night i did abraham lincoln vampire hunter which doesn't really count but uh which of those three movies is your favorite probably walk hard walk hard i adored i thought it was hilarious i was actually laughing out loud and i was in a terrible mood when i watched it too and i was still like busting a gut it is um it is one of the most perfect comedies and honestly people even say it in the musical industry it's like Mm -hmm. one of the best biopics like ever like music biopics especially like even though it is Mm -hmm. still a satire like the way it's crafted and everything it takes like everything from different biopics and kind of just makes the perfect one while still making fun of all of them Mm -hmm. no i i think it's fantastic uh it's a five out of five for me uh, probably one of my favorite original movies that I've watched uh, this cycle. But uh, I, one movie I wanted to get your opinion on, because I know we disagreed. I gave Walk the Line only three stars. I didn't see the hype. Can you sell me on it? Well, I am a huge Johnny Cash fan. So that's probably a big part of it. Like I grew up listening to him all the time. And like my grandma literally has like a record that she got i forget where she got it from but like one of his recordings from sam quentin when he went to the prison and everything like in the movie and stuff and it was it, i grew up with a lot of it so seeing all of that stuff happen in the movie was very emotional i guess to me and i literally saw it when it was brand new and i rewatched it probably 10 times so it's just being a huge fan hearing joaquin perform all of the music himself too i thought it was all just really really fantastic and 
very very historically relevant to johnny cash's life for the most part too like some parts are fabricated but a lot of it's fairly accurate especially the rougher stuff with the drugs and whatnot all right that explains a little bit to me because i'm not a a huge fan like the music's good i didn't really like yeah i've heard it in my life in popular culture but i was never like an artist that like i knew his music like if you ask me right now i watched the movie and if you ask me right now to name a johnny cash song i i couldn't do it oh yeah yeah i know a lot (laughs) so i guess i'm just not that big of a fan i just like wasn't like in love with this whole walking phoenix relationship with uh the girl uh reese witherspoon which i thought was brilliantly parodied in walk hard the dewey cox story it was a very very uh, tumultuous relationship especially in the beginning for them both being married and whatnot and johnny cash was definitely not a perfect gentleman we'll say that all these movies are the same that's what made dewey cox so great is how mid I thought Walk the Line was. Like, I think the performances are great. I like the direction from uh, the next Indiana Jones movie director. Mr. Mangold. Uh, But no, I wasn't crazy about it. Uh, Did you have any thoughts on Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? You know, I actually just put the book away so I can actually sell it in a yard sale. But So that I actually read and saw in high school. And for a high school kid, it was right up my alley being just like, oh, let's take this historical figure and just do the most ridiculous, goofy shit with it and pretend like the president was a a fucking vampire hunter while still being the president. Mm. It's very it's very hilarious to me. Like, I haven't seen the movie. I don't like even though it's on my voodoo, I think I don't think I've seen it since the theater back in like 2012. Mm. 12, Yeah. Yeah. And Anthony Mackie was like his right hand man. Wasn't that a thing? That's those are the only things I remember about it. And I literally read the book twice, too. Yeah, I, I I couldn't stand it. It sucked. And then every I day, I, <laughs> I yeah, I can see how someone would find it fun, but I was just not along for the ride. Yeah, I don't. I'm sure if I saw it in theaters, it would be different. But just you know, being at home and able to ignore it, you know, I was like, ah, you know, like, I was just I was just not into it at all. And every day, I would end the day, fall asleep to a movie that I'd previously seen. So I rewatched Fast Five, which we talked about. Uh, day two was my big dumb sci-fi day uh, in which I did The Fifth Element, Lucy. Oh, actually, Fifth Element, Jupiter Ascending, Lucy, Limitless, The Meg, and then I rewatched The World's End. What's your favorite? The World's End. I'd say out of yeah. those, The World's End and then The Meg probably, just because I also saw that in theaters and just love it. I think it's the most ridiculous mm-hmm. shit. Jason Statham going after a shark and Rain Wilson being in there an asshole and... Mm. lots of goofy shit but the other ones like limitless is cool don't really remember it too much but i'm a big bradley cooper guy mm-hmm. and the other two are very 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 like faint memories of them but don't remember them being that great like fifth element i need to rewatch because it's been too long but i just remember chris rock and his goofy outfit and his weird hair or chris mm-hmm. tucker i mean mm-hmm. but yeah and uh, lucy i barely remember I'll agree The World's End is my favorite. That's obviously the one I rewatched. It's my personal favorite of the Cornetto trilogy. Uh, but other than that, I'll go with... Mine's Hot fifth... Fuzz. Which one? Hot Fuzz. That's fair. That's I love fair. that movie so much. I was just telling Lauren, I was like, usually people think The World's End's the worst one, but it's my favorite. People usually think that Hot Fuzz is the best one, but the most popular one's Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. The... Shaun of the Dead is the one I saw the most, too. 
Mm-hmm. I actually rented it growing up when I was like a little, little like then we came out in 2004. So I would have been like eight. And my parents rented it for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I I liked the fifth element a lot. The production design, the costumes, uh, the cast, like you said, Chris Tucker's fantastic. Luke Besson is a very solid director. And I feel like that movie had a lot of practical stuff going on that was interesting to look at. Yeah, I love Luke Besson's sets and everything, but I'm just not a Luke Besson boy, I don't think. Because even like he made a movie like back in 2018 or 2019 called Anna or Anna. One of the most boring movies I've ever seen. Like, uh, I don't you know. You recently watched the Valyrian in the City of a Thousand Planets. What? Yeah. And again, like, because it was on your video, but ah. I, that one too, like, visually looked pretty neat. There's a lot of cool stuff going on, but Dane DeHaan basically playing Captain Kirk in Star Trek didn't work. He does not have the pizzazz and the charisma or anything. And honestly, it was quite boring other than just looking around at shit. And yeah, I'm just not a Luke Besson boy, I don't think. Yeah, Valerian sucks. Valerian sucks in the same way that like Jupiter Ascending sucks. Like, thank you for trying to make this cool, awesome sci-fi thing. But like, I'm not into this romance thing you got going on. Like, this world is too weird and nothing's really sticking with me and grabbing me. For us both being Wachowski boys, it was really disappointing to see that. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about it. Uh, Speaking of Luke Besson in the sci-fi world, Lucy is one that... I had a lot of fun with because I thought it was like the dumbest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, from what I remember, it's pretty goofy. Yeah, like when she did the touch with the monkey towards the end, that was the funniest thing in the world. I was so happy. It's so quick and short. Scarlett Johansson's a bona fide movie star, not to mention she's gorgeous. And so, yeah, but the better version of that movie is very clearly and easily, and I think it was like five years prior. Yeah, three years prior is limitless i really love that movie that's like a douchebag movie for sure but it's like so cool like my buddy talked to me about it he was like yeah i thought that movie is hilarious because what the movie is basically trying to say is that like if you become a drug addict all your problems will be solved and i was like watching i was in the middle of the movie at that point i was like that's not what that this is this seems terrible and then yeah. at the end of the movie i was like i should get addicted to drugs adderall's not that bad <laughs> like like obviously i won't but you know what i mean like yeah. limitless like made it seem so cool and I, oh, yeah. I love the scenes where they would like zoom in on the streets you know what i mean yeah when i was in high school i thought that movie was like the coolest shit ever and i think they actually made a tv show based off of it too and yeah. i was a huge fan of that too like i was limitless pilled hardcore mm-hmm. yeah the movie's really good i also gave it a four as well as fifth element a four i wanted to give that a five but i'm a little baby who didn't like emotionally get like super attached to it yeah i think Um, i watched fifth element for the first time on like the sci-fi network and then i got the code not that long ago for voodoo so now that i own it i should probably rewatch it yeah the meg was good i guess like you're kind of getting exactly what you're promised which is a good thing but like also i think the best thing about that movie is also the worst thing about the movie is that it's like trying to be a real movie you know what i mean it is but at the same time it's definitely still knows that it's a goofy shark movie yeah like i don't know i'm not into this whole like relationship between jason statham and this young woman uh that like i'm not buying at all whatsoever rain wilson's character what were you really trying to say with him you know what i mean like rich yeah, people he was kind of a jerk. 
well, he was kind of a jerk, but he also had some like redeeming moments, but like some like questionable motives. But like he was like a part of the team, and like he wasn't like malicious or anything. And so for uh, him to get the fate he got was like there was definitely weird. a part where where he knew that everyone was gonna die, and he was just like "fuck you guys, I'm out of here." And then ultimately got fucked. But <laughs> oh yeah, like at the end, but like it like felt like they were like trying to get you on his side at points during the movie. You know what I mean? I think it was more trying to fool you, thinking like, oh, you can trust him. He's not that bad. And it's like, oh, yeah, never mind. He's just a rich asshole. <laughs> I guess. I just, I mean, I think Jason Statham does a great job at playing Jason Statham. And, like, it's cool that there's a giant shark and, like, the middle point when they think they get the shark and then the shark jumps up and eats the shark. Yeah, I'm a shark. So cool. I'm a shark movie boy. Like, Sharknados, I still eat that shit up. Like, Goofy, monster movies, I will be there forever. Like Meg 2 is coming out in a few months and I will be there day one just because I love the goofy stuff. <laughs> I will as well, but I will say that uh, because I think you curated these lists for me of like movies on your voodoo that I haven't seen. Yeah, I tried and to. I saw all the Sharknado movies on there and I've seen the first two. I've reviewed them in like really old videos from like a decade ago, but I will never rewatch them. <laughs> And I, Sharknado two, I you got to. to. I've I've seen it. It's Mark McGrath, <laughs> man. I love Mark McGrath. I'm not watching three through five. Uh, there's some be... stuff on there that I was just like, "That's not happening, Chief." <laughs> you got to. I, I'm I watching... mean, hey, I went through so. M- I'm like, I'm gonna count this at the end, and it's gonna be hey, an insane amount. I watched uh, literally everything in your voodoo. I am going to watch it, no matter if it's gonna be. Like I had, I watched Boss I Baby have, two like, the other day. Movies like two, three hundred movies. Like, but you have there's still like less. there's still like thirty something that I have on my list that I haven't seen yet though. I have like two hundred in those That's lists true. that I have to go through. But I already went through like I only have in my voodoo. I still only have like maybe twenty left. That's how oh, many yeah, movies I've gone through. <laughs> in my voodoo, there's nothing like uh like Scooby Doo meets Kiss the band. Hey, I didn't That's... buy that though. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's on the list. Like I have I've to seen watch it, it in theory, you know. There, no, I will get through Kevin a lot Smith's of it. In it. Uh, and like, well, like I said, we'll count it up. My last day that I did with the list was uh, my Scorsese epic day. It was Casino and Gangs of New York. Uh, which one of those do you like more? I think Casino is the better movie. I've seen Gangs of New York more because it used to be part of my like St. Patrick's Day ritual, where I would watch all these different movies about like Irish people, basically like boondock saints and that one and i'm trying to remember a couple of the other ones uh black mass with like johnny depp being whitey bulger just a bunch of different things about like irish mafia stuff and irish characters the departed the departed too yeah uh yeah i i had a day like that with tully he made like bangers and mash and it was like a whole thing so i live behind a racetrack uh i am definitely more of a fan of casino I thought that the performance from Daniel Day-Lewis was great in Gangs of New York, and obviously so is Leo, and everyone else is great, and it's Scorsese. I mean, I don't think Cameron Diaz was great, I'll say that. But, yeah, I think it's a good movie, but I was much more impressed with Casino, which I think is like definitely like the watered-down version of something like Goodfellas or something like even uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, he kind of perfected it there. But Casino is still like Scorsese, Pesci, and De Niro. And I love Joe Pesci just screaming all the time. Obviously, Robert De Niro is great. And they're a really held back role, which really allowed for Sharon Stone to shine. Because she was pissing me off in that movie because she was so insane. 
And then at one point she like peak crazy woman out. And I was like, wait a minute, this is a brilliant, <laughs> like this is brilliant so fun to watch. Like, like once you get past though, like it's like with the office, like once you get past the cringiness of Michael and become to appreciate and like pity him, you know, like that's when it really becomes beautiful, you know? Well, when you look through and you're like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to hate this person. You're doing such a great job at being this like just shit person. <laughs> yeah, it, she's fantastic. And I really love that. Uh, did you have any thoughts? No, it's been a while since I've seen Casino, but yeah, it's definitely the better of the two in my opinion. And yeah, Joe Pesci, that might be one of my favorite Joe Pesci movies other than like Home Alone and stuff, just because even it feels like he just lets loose in that one, yelling, fucking just hitting people, just just being the most Joe Pesci you've ever seen, practically. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. I don't think it's his best role ever, but I think he's really great in it. And it's just a lot of fun, like. It's a hangout movie. Like nothing happens. We're just kind of hanging out with these characters as we go through their lives, and it's great. Uh, so that was a five. Gangs in New York is more like a four for me. Yeah, I'd have to probably say the same. Uh, it's a slight pause on the the Steve's Voodoo uh, list. I saw Hypnotic. I don't think it's like the worst movie ever, but like also I can't really say I enjoyed it that much. I gave it a two out of five. Did you see that? Are you going to see that? I want to really badly because I just love seeing everything Robert Rodriguez, but I have not been able to see it just yet. I can't wait for you to give it a three. You're going to enjoy the movie. Go watch it. Ben Affleck's a little cutie in it. Uh, but it's like, it's re- like I, I got to a certain point where I just didn't care about like what was real or not, and I gave up. Uh, but I watched Blood Diamond uh yesterday no real thoughts it got really interesting at the end and then it ended i wasn't a fan of jennifer Connolly very much uh but the other two leads were great yeah daniel daniel jugu or whatever his name is jaman hunsu jaman hunsu yeah i got his name mixed up with somebody else yeah, yeah jaman hunsu that's probably one of his honestly the one role that really kind of made him who he is today honestly with all these different superhero roles especially and stuff but he was fantastic well, in that kind of way better than fucking Leonardo's accent that he had in that one. He was definitely trying. Uh, I, I would say Hansu, my favorite role of his is uh, Steven Spielberg's Amistad, which I was able I to watch earlier that. this year. It's from the nineties, late nineties. Uh, uh, it's really fantastic. It's just the story of like a slave ship that came to the new world. And then I think the slavery laws changed and they were like, is he a slave or not? And uh, it was, it's like one of the worst Spielberg movies, but like one of the worst Spielberg movies, you know what I mean? Yeah, like what the a worst Spielberg say, movie is still know? like one of the better, better movies than most people. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm in the middle of the producers right now, but I'm I'm in the middle. The Mel Brooks? No, the remake. I have to watch the original now as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I'm not even through this part. But yeah, uh, so in total, that's one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Oh, and I did Hot Rod this week as well, as well as Super Mario Brothers and Slither. So I did a lot. Yeah, I definitely I started watching the show The One Hundred on Netflix recently. It's actually a CW show, so that's what I've been doing. And I really love it. Mm-hmm. I have no love for the CW. <laughs> this well, is by far the best show on there. <laughs> Yeah, I've just I've watched one episode of Flash and I'm I'm totally done with it. Uh, but next time that we're out here, we might be talking about Flash. We might be talking about Spider Verse. We might be talking about a lot of things. But thank you guys so much for talking with us about movies today. Little Mermaid, Fast X, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, 
Steve, I imagine you have reviews for all of these. Where can people find that? All of those reviews are on the Film Fan Reviews YouTube page and on our letterbox pages. Follow us on there, fellows. I'm Adam from Hard Reviews. I have reviews for all of those as well. Actually, my Little Mermaid one is doing better than both my Guardians and Fast X ones combined. So I'm Disney Pilt, baby. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for experiencing ass with us today. Hell yeah. Get some ass, fellas. Hmm.